If you're a visitor today and your kids are going with the elementary age or the preschool age, uh, just you're welcome to go with them anytime down there, see what they're doing and lessons and, and things that they do in the half hour that they're down there. Uh, directly after service is done, uh, you'll be able to follow others as they go to pick up their kids uh, directly after service. All right, you ready? Come this way. Come, Come this over way. here with me. Come over here with me. Walk this way. I didn't, I didn't tell him. I just... This just thought came up. Every once in a while, I break out into song. I thought there's nobody, nobody, nobody better to sing with than Brian. I want you to meet Brian anyway. He's always back here playing the bass and things. So if you don't know Brian, most of you know Brian, right? Do you know Brian? If you don't know Brian, come up and introduce that's yourself. Yeah. To Brian. After the service, just come up. That, that's right. That's right. He'll I be up here. I sign autograph. Anyway, there's a song. That's I'm going to so start good. singing, and you just join in. We're going to sing. This is going to be a duet, okay? Here we go. Can Ready? you tell me what song? No, no, no. Yeah. It starts with, I'll go a little slow at the beginning. Then First you, Christian Church uh, got talent. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> this world is not, not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home. Home in this world anymore. Come on, Bill, we can do a trio. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Will that be all? That's it. <laughs> I really, in, in my study or, or in the passage that we're looking at today, that song came to mind, you know, uh, this, especially in that beginning phrase, you know, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. In our passage, our passage is 1 Peter chapter 1, and specifically 13 through 21. In verse 17, in verse 17, it has this uh, sentence. Live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Live out your time here, here in this world in, as, as foreigners in reverent fear. We're going we're gonna to figure out uh, what all that means, but but I thought about that song. And said, you know, I and I thought about Brian. He loves music, of course. He doesn't mind being on the stage. So I thought I'd yank him over here and help me sing that. So appreciate Brian later on. Also, it's a good idea if you get to know Brian. That the man's a big man with a huge tender heart. I, I will tell you. I just knowing knowing Brian. So anyway. Um, it tells us to live like a foreigner. If, I want you to just remember where we were in the early part of chapter 1. In the early part of chapter 1, it spoke about, uh, you know, actually Peter was saying, hey, I give thanks to God for a couple of things. One thing is that opportunity to be born again into a living hope. Born again into a living hope. And... Also, that now that we're born again, I, I would say we include that to say that, hey, we are now children of God, those who are born again, into, uh, and, and, and also what we receive is a, an inheritance that's never going to spoil or fade or it's, it's never going to go away. It's, it's, it's eternal. And so 
in all that, Peter is saying, man, what, what a reason to give God thanks for is the salvation we receive in Jesus Christ because it's all speaking about Jesus and what he's given us. Uh, in 10 through 12, we didn't cover it last week. In 10, verses, uh, 10 11, and 12, it actually goes to the place of saying, uh, what we've received, these prophets who, who prophesied about Jesus coming, they were searching for the fulfillment of those prophecies. It was so wonderful. It was so wonderful, all the prophecies they prophecies they laid out uh, about the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Christ. And so they were diligently searching for that to take place. And at the end of the, that verse 12, it says, these, these things are the things that the angels have longed to look into. They've, they've, they've been anticipating, they've been looking forward to it. Of course, they've now beheld it. Uh, in the coming of Jesus. We, we have the position of looking back into the scripture, hearing the story of Jesus coming, and, and he is the reason that we have this opportunity to be reborn into, into God's family and given that inheritance. Now, I want you to look at our passage. If you've got your Bibles open or it's going to be up here, uh, in, in verse 13, notice the word it begins with. Therefore... Therefore, so you know, we already know the direction that, that Peter is taking. Look what we have. Look at this. Rebirth and inheritance that we don't deserve. Woo! And then he says, therefore. So we know the direction that we're about to read. Peter is saying, okay, so what? Or here's, here's, here's our responsibility. Here's what we need to do as a result of all this wonderful things that God has given us through Jesus Christ. Okay, picking up at verse 13, I'm going to read 13 through 21. Therefore, with minds that are set alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was re revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Again, Peter goes to the therefore, after all this praise given to God for sending Jesus. For sending Jesus. So basically what he says in the content of what we've just read is that God's chosen people, that's our theme, chosen. God's chosen people don't belong to sin anymore. Uh, those of us who are here who belong to God, we, let me put it this way, more personal, we don't belong to sin anymore. We belong to God. We're his. We belong to him. So 
there, there's a call to action. The therefore actually leads to some action that we need to be a part of if we're going to be God's chosen. If we are his children, he calls us to a couple things I'd like to share with you this morning from this text. Uh, the first thing is really simple. Do not return to your past sinfulness is what he says. In that first verse, verse 14, do not re- return to your past sinfulness. Matter of fact, it, it actually begins in 13. What, what's the first action I need to do? And I think it, you know, for us to simplify it all, he says, think, think. And, and he says it in this way. It's, it, it, it really is kind of a, a sharp word picture. He says, first of all, uh, to, to be alert and, and be sober-minded. The, both those words give us a, a, something worth talking about. It, because all throughout, I think, this passage, it is for us to be thinking about. It is for us to be alert with our minds. That, that idea of alert is actually uh, the, the word that's used for gird up your loins. I, I don't know. In, in that day, the, the, the shirt, the main shirt that they would wear, then a robe over it, would, would be something that pull over and it would go to their knees and even to their ankles. And that idea of girding up your loin, loins is taking all that extra cloth and wrapping it around your waist and your legs to free them up in order to do, for you to do what? To, to run, or it, it is a sense of preparedness, a sense of, of you know, the, the word alert fits rather well. Uh, and, and you're to do that with your mind. The, the second part of that, of, ha- of, of being sober-minded, is, is to, uh, the, the idea of, well, let me see, when we talk about sober, we're talking about don't be intoxicated, intoxicated with alcohol, right, be sober-minded, but Peter isn't referring to alcohol necessarily in this passage. He, he is talking about don't let the things of this world intoxicate or distract you uh, in this. I mean, think clearly. Matter of fact, a, a good way to understand that is what uh, uh, Jesus taught in his parable uh, of the seeds. You remember it? the sower, and he would go out and 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 sow, and the seed fell in different locations. It fell on the hard path where the birds came in and took it. Or, uh, another one, it was fell uh, fell on the shallow soil where there was rock, and and the the one in particular I'm thinking of is the one where it's it's growing in amongst the weeds. Uh, here, here's what he says in Mark 4, 18 to 19. He says, seeds are the ones uh, sown amongst the thorns. Uh, they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the world, or cho- and choke the word, excuse me, and it proves unfruitful. Uh, I think what he means by being sober-minded is not to be intoxicated by the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things. Uh, are other things evil? Are rich, is, is, is riches evil? No. Are, are other things evil? No. What's evil? You know, it, what's evil is where you direct your desires, where you put your focus, where you indulge yourself in, in other directions. So uh, e- even as it says in other passage, you know, it, it, is money the root of all evil? No, the desire for money is the root of all evil. So it is our desires that we cannot allow to intoxicate or, or have us, uh, you know, 
poorly focused upon the things that are more important. Well, what are we focused upon? It's there in verse uh, 13. He, he says it real clear. He says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. He said something like that earlier on in verse 5. He says, set, you know, be looking ahead when, when Jesus Christ comes or looking ahead at the end of all things. And, and in verse 5, he said, look forward to that salvation. We talked about it last week. Hey, that's going to be the completion of salvation. And if you remember, we talked about it. right now, right here, we are living in this salvation. We're, we're living our salvation. We are in this continued state of forgiveness we receive, we receive from him. It's not ended. That's good to know, isn't it? Like some of you who receive Christ, you know, there's that point in time we can say, well, I received Christ, but what do I do with my sinfulness now? When you receive Jesus, he's always your savior. He's, he's a continued savior, and we continue to live his salvation. The completion of that is what we said is when we face Jesus. We know it's complete. We have it all. And, and in this verse, he says, until we receive that grace. Those two are very intimately connected, aren't they? That, that is our salvation, the grace that God has given us. That is our salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, important, it goes on in verse 14 to say, okay, chosen people, or another way to put that is children, children of God. We've identified with God. We're connected with God. We are his children. It says in verse 14, as obedient children. Now, obedience is a word that we ought to be familiar with in the New Testament, not just the Old Testament. Old Testament, we know, hey, we're children of God. Why? Because we're obedient to that law. The law that was laid out, you know, and God made it very clear in his covenant. and said, hey, listen, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. I'm going to follow through with these promises, and, 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 and you're going to have to follow through with obedience to this law. Well, we don't, we don't have that law over our heads anymore. It's not obedience to the law. What are we obedient to? We're obedient according to the faith that we have. That, that, that's what, act, that's that, what action moves us to listen and adhere to what uh, Jesus has for us. And, and Paul has for us in the scriptures. And even Peter has for us in this word today. Uh, it is obedience that we follow through. Um, now, the obedience he begins with in verse 14 is this. Do not conform to the evil desires. There it is again. Not, not to, to focus on, on stuff and other stuff of the world, the evil of, of things. Don't, don't go back to your evil desires. Do not go back to that distraction that you had w before you knew Jesus. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Now, ignorance, uh, for, for the Greeks at that time or for the Gentiles, it was, you know, it was the observance of, of other gods or may, maybe many other gods. It was paganism. And that's where they put their desires. You know, a lot of their pagan, they looked for things that came through the pagan gods. And so he's saying, don't go back to that. That's silly, isn't it? Uh, worshiping things that we created with our hands. Well, we, we, none of you have ever done that right? 
I, I don't know, a stick or, or something formed in, in, in your living room that you bow to. That's not where you came from. It even talks about the, the foolishness that came from your ancestors, you know, the, the, the kind of things that they were involved in before. Well, the, their ancestors went through paganism. Where did we come from? Perhaps family. I, I don't know whether you were raised in a, in a Christian family or not. Uh, maybe you weren't. What was the focus of your family? What was, what was the things that were most important to them you know, that they pursued? You know, what was it before you knew Jesus? What was your, your greatest desire and, and your greatest pursuits? He's saying don't go back to those evil desires, things of this world, things of, uh, things of greed, things of lust, things that, that uh, cause us to, to run in directions that are not fulfilling. And verse 18 calls that an empty way of life. He actually refers to that way of life as an empty way of life. And, and that would be pursuing the things that are not eternal, but things that are temporary. The difficult part of this, this passage that I think Peter brings up for many of us comes in that next verse, verse 15. But just as he who called, okay, don't, don't pursue the things of this world or where you came from. In verse 15, he says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Uh, the second point is this, grow in God's holiness. The instruction really is simple. Don't go back to where you were. Be holy. Be holy like God is holy. And matter of fact, I, I, I actually say grow in God's holiness. I hope to point this out. But in the verse, it actually says be holy. Does anybody feel the weight of that? What does it mean to be holy? We think about God. What does it mean that we have a holy God? I think the word that I, I most often hear in asking that question is he's perfect. Is that the word you think of in holiness? God is perfect. Matter of fact, it is, it is the word that helps describe everything about God's character. Well, he's a God of love. He's a God of holy love. He's, he's a God of uh, uh, holy uh, judgment, uh, holy wrath, holy patience. Every, everything that God does, he is, he is holy. Matter of fact, it's very clear that if, if God were not holy, he would not be God. He would cease being God. I, I appreciate uh, listening earlier this week to R.C. Sp Sproul. Um, he he uh, asked a question concerning the Lord's Prayer. You're familiar with the Lord's Prayer. It begins, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will to be done. That, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he gave that prayer. And in that, he asked the question, he said, where do, where do the petitions begin in that prayer? Where does it that he begins to say, here, ask for this? And, and a lot of us would say, well, he, he begins by asking, you know, may your kingdom come. That sounds like, you know, a request. But he said, I want you to consider, I want you to consider where he says, hallowed be thy name. You see, he didn't say, hallowed is your name, like that, say, hey, I want to recognize who you are, that you are holy. He says, hallowed be thy name. He said, what if that's the beginning of the request? 
He, he, wants, he wants you to know, anyone who's praying, what, what a great prayer. May your holiness uh, be recognized in me. May I, part of that prayer is saying, I want to recognize God as a holy God. How important is that? Have we spent any time giving God praise because he is holy? We, we need to value that. Uh, part of that is saying when God speaks in Scripture and he lays out a promise for us, we could be confident of the foundation it's laid upon. It is from God. You could count on it. You know, and you know when he's, you stand before him in judgment, you know it is going to be a righteous and perfect judgment. Be ready, right? And that's part of what he says in this. But he tells his children, those, he said, you need to be holy. You need to be perfect. Oh, my goodness. Do you feel the weight of that? I absolutely feel the weight of that. I absolutely feel the weight of that because I, even today, can I say I'm perfect? I say I'm not. Don't ask Linda, please. Okay, I'm just, yeah, don't ask her at all because she will be honest in how she answers. <clears throat> God is holy, is perfect. Uh, and and in, this, in this instruction, when he calls us to be holy, <laughs> this is that important part of what is, why does he ask us in this life right now, live as foreigners, live as foreigners. There's another way to translate holiness. Not just, hey, it's perfect, live perfect. Actually, in Scripture and what God has done for us, that holiness for us is actually set apart. God has set apart those things which are holy. And in the Old Testament, he set apart for himself a man named Abraham, and he created a nation, a people for himself to be holy to him. That's where he says in, in Leviticus 11, 44 and 45, hey, be holy as I am holy. He, he said it first in the Old Testament, and it was going to be in obedience. Matter of fact, uh, 44 and 45, the context he said that in was one of the laws about eating. Hey, you are set apart. And amongst those laws, you, you follow these laws because you are a set apart people. And, and in that 40, chapter 44, it was about eating. It was, it was about eating. In that, you know, don't eat this. These animals are unclean. You could eat these. These are clean. I hate to tell you that amidst the things that were unclean are pigs. You know what that means? No bacon. No bacon. That's rough, right? But, but to be obedient to God in the Old Testament, I'm going to emphasize that, in the Old Testament, in that law, it was no bacon, you know? But there was so much more, right? All the laws that were laid out in order for them. Actually, it was, it, there was this, this sense of protection and guidance because God laid these laws out for, for them to live. And, and, and the promise was, man, you're obedient to this. Then you are that set-apart people. Well, today we're set apart not through that law because guess what Jesus did? He fulfilled that law. He completed that law. And, and, and we now have the opportunity to live in that. We are the people who are chosen or, as we said, set apart. In this passage, he's telling us that we need to live set apart. We need to live as foreigners, as holy people in an unholy world. 
We live in an unholy world. You know that? If you watch any kind of TV, whenever they, they uh, depict someone who, who is a religious person or, or a holy person, they are a goof. They're, they're, they're the joke, right? They're the joke. As a matter of fact, it's difficult for us to think, well, i got to be holy? What is it? That's, that's kind of that awkward guy who's walking around and everybody looks at and points at and makes fun of because that's our culture. I, I do believe when I heard someone express and talk about, I, I don't know, actually heard this from uh, Sproul, R.C. Sproul as well. He used to listen to the radio station. There used to be something called Inner Sanctum. Inner Sanctum. And it was a scary show. So, okay, Lee, you're showing your age. Anyway, as you're laughing about that. Inner Sanctum. Can you, and, and they would tell us a scary story on the radio. Inner Sanctum. Now, understand what that is? It, it's right there with Inner Sanctuary. Uh, somehow those, those guys put this in their mind that, you know what the scariest thing is? Something sacred. Something sacred. Yeah, and and I, we've said it before, and Scripture va- makes it very clear. It, there is nothing more scary than to stand unholy before a holy God. You hear me? There's nothing that we should be more afraid of than being unholy and having to stand before a holy God. When it comes to his judgment, he is going to judge. Matter of fact, wrapped around that, I don't want you to miss this, wrapped around that verse 17 where, where it says, Hey, live out your time as foreigners here. He says, since you call on a father who judges in his holiness, each person's working partially. I mean, he's going to judge the children of Israel uh, the same as he does everyone else. And the queen of England as everybody else. He's going to judge us not according to, to his uh, being partial to these, this group of people or these people. He's going to judge according to what? His holiness. The measurement of his holiness, does that make, if if we didn't know Jesus, this would be so heavy. If we didn't know who Jesus is, this would be so heavy. Because in this, God is the one who makes us holy. As he did in the Old Testament, he set them apart. He did that word called consecrated. He cleansed, I mean, it's through the blood. We talked a little bit about that, the spreading of the blood over them and making, creating that, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that commitment or, or that, that uh, covenant, sorry, that covenant with the, the people of the Old Testament, there was blood spread. He set them apart. There was actions and activities they did to be uh, uh, separated from everybody else in the Old Testament. We're consecrated as well. We are consecrated through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's who you are. That's who you are. In Jesus, we belong to him. We belong to God. We're his people set apart, holy for his purpose. And in this, he's done everything for us. Matter of fact, uh, Jerry Bridges writes the book, Pursuit of Holiness. Our followers made group is reading that. He he says this, there's a quote in here. It says, holiness is, is, is not only expected, Holiness is not only expected, it is the promised birthright of every Christian. It, do, do you hear and understand? It's, it's something like, oh no, I'm a believer now, I have to be holy. It is a birthright. It is something you received when you came into Christ, that being born again into the family. It is now a birthright that you, you have. 
that, that you have the opportunity to live and pursue in this life. Uh, you see, I think that word pursue is exactly right. Part of our, the obedience of our faith is, oh, learn to live holy. Learn to live holy. There needs to be effort from God's children to live holy. It's not, it, it, we need to be careful that it's not just something of faith. Oh, I have faith. God's put those holy, it's Jesus has done it all. I'm going to go live however I want. Well, the beginning part of the message absolutely tells us don't go back, right? Don't, don't live however you want. Don't live according to your desires. Don't live like the world. Live as foreigners. Be holy. Pursue what you've been given through Christ, you, you are a sanctified people, 100% ready, for, uh, ready to stand before Jesus and receive that inheritance. That's what we have in Christ. Now live it. Now live it, right? Put forth that effort. So what's the effort? Let me go through these things just real simple in this passage. You know, it, again, let's go back to, to, to think. You know, be alert. You know, be sober. Put those things, apply those things, not just, not just in this fact of don't go back, but listen, in moving forward, think, think what we received, think what's ahead in that inheritance. Don't put all your thinking and your desires in the things of this world that are temporary. That's how the verse continues on. Put your thinking in the things that you uh, have already received. It is an inheritance that, that is going to be given to you. Live what you've received in Christ. Does that make sense? Is that not the grace and mercy that God's given us that we live in in every day? It absolutely is. So how can I actively grow in holiness? Well, let, let's start here. That God has given us uh, something special that, that in the Old Testament they did not receive. Because of Jesus, his cleansing blood, he's given us his Holy Spirit. We've talked a little bit about that, so I'm not going to go into a lot of details. But his Holy Spirit indwells us for a purpose. To, to lead us and guide us in this life uh, as we live his holiness, as we pursue his holiness. He's there to assist. So, so how can I actively be a part of, of living his holiness? I, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so very glad that you're here. And coming together as the church... So, so tell me, or, or I want you to, I guess you can't tell me, that's the way I think, but, but, but think for a moment, how can you make this something that as I come, I'm thinking about, I want to be holy. How, how is this helping you or assisting you in pursuing holiness? How is church helping you right now? Think about that. How is the church helping you to pursue the holiness that God calls us to? To be like him. How is it? Is it, is it with the encouraging words? I, and let, let me tell you what needs to happen in church is, is making connections. I don't want to be the only guy you know because, you know, I talk to you at the door. I want you to know, come to knowing each other. And where you are in your faith, right? Uh, how, how are you growing? Are you? Uh, are, are you being strengthened? And, and then I could share maybe those words of encouragement with you. Or, or, or those words need to be shared with each other. And, and maybe even maybe sharing a passage or where I am. And, and hey, I could pray for you. Would you pray for me? And, and uh, also that place of challenge. 
uh, maybe we need to be uh, challenged or corrected in some things that someone sees us doing. We, we need to get to the place where we could share some real, real uh, foundational things that's happening in our life. I, I don't want the church to be a place as well, hey, I want everybody to know I have this holy image. <laughs> I, I'm living God's holiness and I want you all to know it. Well, there was Pharisees in the scriptures and they weren't very honest. We need to be a people of truth and honesty and, and just even to, to share with a brother or sister in Christ, hey, I want, you to let, I want to let you know that this is the area I'm struggling in. This is the area where I need repent. I find myself repenting of often. How do I overcome? Can you help me? Can you hold me accountable? See, I believe that's the activity of the church. I believe that's the activity of the church. It's the way that you connect with others that are around you. It is the building of that relationship. It's not this sitting in pews and looking at the person up here speaking. But it needs to go so much further. Building of relationships with people around you where you're growing. Think about that. Think about it. Where are you right now? What are you involved in? Are you connecting with other people? How can the people around me help me to grow in the holiness that I'm called to? All right? What else could help us in our holiness? <laughs> of course, you know I'm going to go here. This is so foundational for us and what the Word says. Let me read for you the last couple of verses of this chapter 12. There it says, All people are like grass. Here's the description. And all their glory is like the flowers of the field, and the grass withers and the flowers fall. Encouraging, right? Uh, that's from Scripture. That's who we are. You know, we're, we're kind of temporary in this world. But he says, it says this, But the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that, that was preached to you. This, this is eternal. This is his word. And, and so, man, applying his word to my life not just, not just reading it because I'm trying to fulfill some task. You know, I, I, I want to read through the book so I could say, hey, I read through the book of Matthew. Woohoo! And we could all celebrate. That's not what it's for. I want to come to know his word. Memorization is a good thing. To, to apply it, to put it into my heart, to put it into my life so I could repeat it, remember it, and live according to it. I want it in my heart so that I could live according to his word. His word has a lot, a lot to do with growing in his holiness. Matter of fact, uh, also, also thinking about scripture, we, ha we have to also think about prayer. What about prayer in holiness? Uh, I still find it so amazing every time I bow my head to know that we are approaching that throne of grace. Right? I... I have a hard time thinking about salvation, that, that I'm worthy to be saved because of my sinfulness. But then to think that I can approach his throne and make request of the almighty God who is holy. If it weren't for Jesus, I have nothing, right? If it weren't for Jesus, none of us would have any, any way of communicating or, or, or approaching God. But in Christ, in, in the book of Hebrews, it says we could do that with confidence. We could approach his holy throne with confidence because of Jesus. Where's our confidence? Of course, it's in Jesus. He's holy. And guess what? He sanctifies us. He prepares us in order that we could actually approach, approach him, his holy throne. In that, uh, I, I think of, of 
a passage of scripture that David laid out. David was that man who pursued God, his holiness. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, he was a man after God's own heart, it said. And I know, man, you look at his, he wasn't a holy man in a lot of things he did. But here's something he wrote in, in Psalm 139, 23 and 24. And, I, and, and this is maybe something that you ought to make part of your prayer life. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Search me, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Anybody want to pray, hey, God, test me today? Examine me, open me up, let me know. It's not a prayer that we run to. But I believe if we want to be honest with God, it is asking God, hey, search me. Open me up. Let me know what's there. See if there's anything offensive in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Oh, that's a good prayer. God, you know, Holy Spirit indwelling me, God, let me know. Open, open up my eyes to see where I am failing, where I am offending you with any sin. See, I believe that heart is involved as well. I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's our pursuit. And part of that prayer is, God, see if there's anything in me that is offensive to you. I don't want to be offensive to God. And that's part of that pursuit of holiness. I don't want to sin against you. And so our pursuit is loving God in that. So use prayer as a part of that. It's every part that we encourage you to be involved in. Let me ask you, you know, are, are you making uh, the most of everything God has given you? I mean, the church, the fellowship, the believers, the connecting Building relationship in order, not, not just so you have someone you could, you could uh, share coffee with, but someone who is going to check with you. Are you growing? And how are you doing? And can you pray for each other? And, and also in that area of the Bible, reading and investing, are you reading it? Are you reading it to know it and to bring it into your heart? And are you praying? Are you praying sincerely, God, check me out? Know me, what needs to be changed? That's our pursuit of holiness. He's working. He's given us holiness. That's the good news. He's given us holiness through Jesus. How are we going to live that? How are we going to learn that? That's perfection. That's a long-reaching, that's a long-reaching goal, isn't it? But in our inheritance, there's that grace there's that salvation when we see him face, and it's going to be completed. It's working on us right now. It's involved in our lives, that salvation, that grace. And we need to understand that we are God's chosen people. We are God's chosen people. We don't belong to, to the way we were. We don't belong to, to the things of this world any longer. We belong to him. Yes, I think it's good you just chew on that for a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes, we belong to him through Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the rejoicing. That's the celebration. Therefore, therefore, Peter says, hey, don't go back to the sinfulness. Live his holiness. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for this day. Oh, Father, we 
We praise you for the message of grace and mercy of what you brought us to in Christ, that we could be called your children. It sends us to a place of rejoicing and celebrating because the life we have to live is, is one for Christ. The Father, but then it, along comes that, that, that expectation to live the holiness we've been given. Well, Father, it is a privilege. It is a privilege to have the things that you've given us, your church, the, the scriptures, prayer, everything that we have available to us in order for us to engage with the Spirit within us and to live a life of holiness. We know, Lord, along the way, we're going to continue to need that salvation. We're going to continue to need that grace. But, Lord, help us to move forward. Help us, Father, as we pursue holiness. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.